0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Twelve Six Podcast. It's your boy, Mario. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Ryan Pop. What up,
1: Pop? Mario, what's up, man? How you doing?
0: Man, you sound exhausted, I'll
1: tell you what. <laughs> Dude, it's the end of a Monday. It's late. <laughs> back, back to the work week. Had a long weekend. Tired, man. Watching some Monday night football, running out the evening. Watching uh, Geno Smith try to lead uh, the Seahawks to a win here. It's not looking good. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, I mean, the work week is, the work week is here.
0: Well, uh, yeah, the work week is here, man. I can tell you right now I'm exhausted as well. i put in some hours this weekend too, but, uh, forget about all that stuff. We're we're talking about some sports stuff tonight. Obviously you're talking about football and stuff. Um, obviously we got the world series coming up, man. So let's talk about that really quick before we get into anything else, you know, local, you know, Chicagoland area type stuff. So who you got, man, who you got? How many games?
1: Uh, Dude, I got the Astros. I got the Astros probably in five. I I, I think the Astros are going to take it to them. I I see the Braves maybe pulling off one at home. But, I mean, I don't know. Just watching the Astros throughout throughout the postseason. I honestly don't see how any team stops them right now. Like, dude, they're freaking – they're scoring a ton of runs. They're pitching really well. And, uh, I mean, the Braves, like, you got to give them credit, dude. They beat the freaking Dodgers. Like the Dodgers, after they made all those moves in the middle of the season and got Scherzer and Turner, and I mean they were absolutely loaded, and the Braves beat them, dude. So I, you got, I mean you got to give the Braves some type type of respect going into this into this series. But I think the Astros take it to them.
0: Absolutely stunned that the Braves are, are at the World Series. Like I wouldn't have guessed it. I there's not one person out there, unless you're like a damn Braves fan, that would have like predicted this. Like you're not putting your money. Braves get into the World Series especially without Acuna like my my goodness man like the Braves offense and it gets it done it gets the job done one through I, I anybody one through six or seven in the lineup they're kind of they're kind of like the Astros in a sense Um, but I agree with you uh, the Astros in five or six the Braves their offense might power them to a few wins but the Astros are just consistent they're just consistently good you know they're going to score six or seven runs off of any pitchers you throw out there. Obviously, they took down the Sox pitching staff. They took down Boston's pitching pretty good, and they shut down Tampa, too. Like, the Astros are just clicking, man. They're clicking. Um, Raves are going to put up a fight, but I think it's going to be uh, Astros in about five or six as well, so.
1: Yeah, like you said, the Astros are just clicking. Like all phases of their game is clicking right now. They're playing really good defense. They're pitching they're pitching the ball and I mean they're stroking it. Like their offense is it's it's loaded, dude. And uh Jordana Alvarez, he's an absolute beast. Um then you got Bregman, Altuve, Correa. I mean, they're just clicking right now. But hey, so are the Braves, dude. The Braves are clicking Sorry, right now too. Sorry, the- I mean, you have to wrong. to make it to the World Series. You got to be clicking. Everything for your team has got to be just going absolutely right, and that's exactly what's happening for both teams right now. Listen, listen, listen. I I would say this right.
0: If you're a Braves fan, you're looking up at this right. What shut down the White Sox in the ALDS? It
1: was Lance.
0: It was Lance McCullers Jr. If the Astros did not have Lance McCullers,
1: yeah, you think, think start... the Sox would have made it to the World Series no, if they didn't I... have Lance McCullers?
0: Oh, I think they probably would have lost Game Five still, regardless, but. Like McCullers, just he's like he's like a, a top five arm in the game. Like I've I've said it. Like he's a top five arm to me. Like the the stuff he has, the numbers he's putting up, don't lie about it either. They don't have him. They're not going to have him for the World Series either. It sounds like so. The Astros could pull it out because what are you going to? Freddie Valdez shut him down, right? That's going to happen. I would I think that game one's going to go to Houston pretty pretty easy, especially in Houston. Uh, but then you got games two, three, four. Right? Those are the kind of games. You could see the Braves, you know, taking two or three out of because their pitching is just a little bit better and their offense is almost equivalent. So you can see it going either way. Um, Eddie Rosario is just gonna have to keep hitting like he's hitting. Uh, Austin Riley's he's been up and down a little bit for him. i been watching some of his at bats. He's it's pretty difficult for him to get hits off of righties, um, which you know the Astros have tons of um, those kind of like crafty right-handers. So that's those are gonna be interesting matchups to see. Uh Freddie Freeman also man, he's he's killing he's starting to swing it a little bit as well. So we'll see, man. And how about Jock? And jo- Jock Tober, man. See yes. what I'm saying?
1: The former Cub, Jock well, Peterson.
0: We can't we can't just dismiss the Braves here. Like by all means, I, I would not be surprised in the slightest if they come out and they absolutely smack Framber Valdez around and then, you know, go on to just, you know, pounce on the, the Astros and win the World Series. Like I wouldn't be surprised they're there. Right, they're there for a reason, but I don't think like if I'm putting my money on it, I think I'm going Stros. As much as it like hurts me to say that, but I want the Braves to win. So, I mean, that's uh, that's where I'm at on this.
1: Yeah, no, undoubtedly, I want the Braves to win. Like, dude, I I think that you know how much I hate the Astros. Like the whole cheating thing. There's been a lot of scandals throughout MLB history. I think the cheating the, the cheating thing that happened a couple years ago. I think was the biggest scandal that has ever happened in Major League Baseball history. Mm. Like, they literally they were stealing, si- they knew what pitch was coming throughout the entire year and throughout <laughs> the postseason. They knew what pitch was coming. Like, they were stealing signs in a way. It's not a guy at second base where he's picked up on a, a, on a catcher's tendencies. Yeah, yeah. They what- literally had a, a, a whether well, it was a camera out in the outfield that was somehow relaying, relaying the signs to the dugout or they had buzzers on them. Like, dude, they knew what pitch was coming. Like, and nothing happened to these players. Mm -hmm. Nothing happened to them. I think, like, the biggest scandal in all of Major League history, and the players didn't get fined, they didn't get suspended, nothing happened to them. I I seriously think, if you look back, and all the scandals that's happened, and everything that's happened to the players and past scandals, and these guys just get away free, free of everything... Like, dude, I think that was serious grounds for like, uh, um, like ex- expulsion from the league. I agree. Like, You're done. You're done. Yeah. You cheated. You cheated the game. You cheated the sport. You should be done. You can't play anymore. That's where I'm at with the with the whole cheating scandal. To see them back in the World Series, like, it hurts. I, I do not want them to <laughs> it win.
0: Really hurt, man. You're right. It fucking, it sucked watching that celebration. Like, so I like obviously, like you touched on something too. I like to, I like to tell, like, just fans of the game that aren't like really like. Like we had playing experience. Like in high school we played, right? We do that thing where we 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 would relay signs from the catcher because sometimes it'd just be complacent and give out one or two signs and we'd we'd catch on to it. Like that's okay. That's part of the human element of the game. You're relaying signs. Like that's part of like, okay, I'm I'm relaying this to my teammate because I caught onto their sign and I'm gonna give it to them because I'm standing at second base like that's just part of the game yes yeah, so that's
1: part of the game and i'm when completely it, fine with that
0: yeah when it comes to the robot stuff and like the the ipads and the, and like the relaying from the dugout like that is not okay because the human element's out of it essentially you're using other things that shouldn't be used in the game so like don't ever let anybody use that argument like oh somebody's using se- uh, stealing signs at second base or cheating like that so like that's just not the case you know pitchers change up signs when there's a runner like at second base for a reason because just that's just the way it is. That's part of the game. It's always been part of the game. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's something there. And then um, you know, I would uh, I would watch uh, how bad you're talking about the Astro drying because uh, Carrera could be a future Cubs shortstop, man. You never know. You could be talking smack about your own future shortstop there.
1: No, I know, and I think there is actually. A per- I mean, I, I don't I don't know what I put the percentage at, but there is a fairly good chance that he might be playing for the Cubs. Could happen. And dude, that that would be like the situation where if AJ Hinch was my manager, like he wanted, like I I wanted, I don't even know if I want that. Like I cannot even begin <laughs> to describe my hatred for the Astros and the players that were involved in that, and especially the way that Correa, uh, like talked about it afterwards. Like yeah. he like defended the yeah. whole Altuve <laughs> yeah. tattoo thing.
0: Yeah, unbelievable. So um...
1: I, I don't even know. I mean, really, if he were to come to the North Side, I and. And there's a lot of Cubs fans that I know that feel the same exact. I mean, I think all of baseball feels the same, same exact way I do. Um, I mean, I, I and mean, he's an awesome player, but I don't know how any fan base will feel about that type of player coming to their team. I think Carlos Correa is just
0: like the kind of player that I want to hate the guy, right? Like I, I, hate Carlos Correa. Like I hate, I hate him. He's such a good player. He plays a villain so well, man. Like the whole, the whole stupid watch thing that he was doing to the Red Sox, like all that. Like I, I hate it. I hate him. He's he's a good player. Like he's probably a good guy. I just hate him in 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 the baseball world. Basically, he's a good dude though. I, I'm sure. I don't I I don't know about him much, but in the baseball world, he's just like the villain. I want to hate him, man. I just want to hate him. Like I hate the Astros. So
1: yeah, and it almost seems like he embraced it. Like like yeah. it almost seemed like they like like they liked it. Like yeah, just that- the way the thing that really turned me off about it, Correa, is just the way that he spoke about it. Mm-hmm. Like no, you got caught. You got caught doing probably the worst thing that's ever happened in Major League Baseball, and you can't defend that, you know? And he tried to, which I, I understand, like, if you've got years left on a contract there and you're going to play there, you have to stick up for your teammates and you got to stick up for your organization. But, like, no, you got caught. Like, don't defend it. Like, what you guys did was awful, you know? Yeah, man.
0: I mean, if we're always – I feel like you could always talk about this, too. Like, this is one of those things that – you can talk about forever. And like, I know like the Ryan's air stuff where he was, he was like bringing up accusations and stuff like, Oh, they're hidden shitty at home and good on the road and this and then the other, whatever. um Like he was kind of bringing up that thing. And then, you know, the the was kind of, they embrace that again. You know, they're like, Oh, this is like this, you know, he, he, they're talking smack, but they're down and saying all these other things, right? Like they're, they're the villains, man. They play it well. They love it. I think it's honestly, I think it's good for like baseball because now we have a team that we hate collectively all the time and that's good to have i feel like so um i mean i, I don't know, i don't know about you but
1: i feel, i think it's good to have a team to hate on like you know the yankees back in the day yeah i was about to say it's always good especially for like a i mean like mlb to have a team that plays the villain card and like you just said it was always the yankees for years just cuz they were winning all the time but now it's like a i mean it's even more than that like there's actually an <laughs> legit reason to hate this team more than the fact that they're always winning Oh, um, but now it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the double factor They're They're always winning and they cheated. So yeah. it's like double, it's double hatred towards yeah. them.
0: And then you got like the whole, like, who's to say they're not cheating again. You know? Yeah. Uh, so,
1: yeah. I mean, if they were, that would, <laughs> that would be really, really bold to continue to do what you did. I mean, Hey, maybe they are. Cause nothing happened to them. <laughs> That'd be like, if you got yeah, caught yeah. cheating in school and nothing happened to you, you'd be like, well, shit, I'm just going to do it again. Yeah. Pretty much. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't see why they would stop.
0: You know, there was a the whole whistling thing. There's like a whole Twitter account about it where like they're playing, they're playing clips and somebody's whistling. And, uh, I guess one whistle is a fastball, two whistles is a breaking ball. So, I mean, they're, it, I mean, it, it does line up pretty well. So I, I don't know. That could be something, I guess, but I mean, that remains to be seen those kinds of things. They take while. They take a while to come out anyway, but, uh, nevertheless, the Astros suck. I hate them. So does Ryan. So yes. once, um, Just another thing I wanted to touch on really quick. Um, Obviously, the Sox are going into the offseason. There are a lot of questions and stuff about what direction they're going to be headed with certain players. So, I took it upon myself to construct a list of five players that I believe have the biggest chance or the best chance of being traded this offseason. Are you ready for the list, Ryan? Let me hear it. All right. So, I constructed this list based on needs – um and then like needs for the team where we're where we have the most depth. And on top of that, I didn't put Dallas Keiko on here because obviously we would love to trade Dallas Keiko. We're probably not gonna trade Dallas Keiko because he's gonna be insanely hard to get off, especially with the money he's making. Nobody's gonna want to take that unless we give something good in return.
1: Yeah, but, I don't think he's getting traded.
0: He's not if <laughs> he might get DFA for crying out loud. But other yeah. other ways, he's he's the only way he's getting traded is if you attach like Garrett Crochet or something to him, and that's just that'd be idiotic for him to do. So with that being said, I constructed a list based on all those factors, uh, you know, how good the player is controllability, the depth that we have at that position in the organization, those types of things for so it's, it's from five to one here, uh, prospects included. So here we go. I put Andrew Vaughn fifth in this list because out of these five guys, and obviously you know, I think Vaughn, uh, I think Vaughn is, uh, you know, we have a lot of depth at that position. Uh, he'd be a very, You know, I can piece to some teams, so I think that he'd be number five for me. Uh, Blake Rutherford is a prospect that I have. He's going to be my number four guy. He's a left-handed outfielder. Uh, He was traded a few years back in a deal with the Yankees. He was a top 50 prospect in baseball. He's kind of fallen off a bit. Uh, He's going to be coming on on his uh, Rule 5 years, so the Sox have to put him on the 40-man or else somebody can pick him in the Rule 5 draft. Um, So he could be somebody that gets traded as well.
1: Yeah, um, so hold just, on really quick. How how old is he now? He's got to be – I believe he's 24-25 now. So. Okay, did he come into the league really young? Was he a high school draft pick? He was a high school guy. Yep, high school okay, guy. Okay, because I was going to say, I feel like he's a name that I've like I've heard for a long time, like huge potential around his name. Uh, like you said, top 50 prospect. But, yeah, like I, nothing's really come out of him, though, you know?
0: Yeah, he was he was regarded as a guy who could be like a 2020 guy good speed, good power, great defense. Um, he's kind of been, he's been, he's been struck by a lot of injury. Um, and he's, he's the kind of guy that, you know, you could you, like, he's the kind of guy that the Rays would like scoop up and like turn into a damn star. Right. He's like one of the, he just has that kind of bill. And I think that, I mean, not that he bring back anything specifically like necessarily big, well, I think he's the kind of guy the Sox would be like, hey, you know what, um, you know, I think, you know, you, you have a better chance, you know, in a different organization because we have a need here and, you know, we necessarily don't need you as much or we just don't feel like you're fitting well here or something along those lines, right? Like, I think he could be the kind of guy they just move uh, because it's just not, it's just not, hasn't been working for him here. Uh, he, he was in Charlotte this past year, didn't have the best year. I mean, definitely nothing you want to see from a guy that was so highly regarded, but uh, nevertheless, I think Blake Rutherford has a decent chance of being traded or even otherwise just being let go because they have no space on the roster for them. Uh And somebody would 100% scoop him up. A uh, team that's rebuilding maybe. like the, I could see the Orioles taking a guy like that.
1: That's exactly what came to my mind, the Orioles.
0: 100%, because like, when you're a rebuilding team, you give these guys chances. And then when you give these guys chances who had so much potential back in the day, they find it. Sometimes they find it. Like Cedric Mullins, man. They're like, a, they have this, Perfect opportunity for them to go out and find a guy like that. So uh, my number three guy is an outfielder in AAA. He spent a lot of uh, his time in Triple AA, AAA. His name is Mike Rodolfo. Um, you may be familiar with him a little bit, Ryan. He was actually, Yeah, I've heard the name. Yep, signed in the same draft. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Same international class as Eloy Jimenez. So him and Eloy were, I believe, number one and two, if I'm not mistaken, in that international class. So. Uh, Eloy is obviously number one. He went to the Cubs. Um, so Micah, he's 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 a big guy. He's he had a great year in AAA and Double AA, So he could be a guy that that uh, that the Sox move for some uh, for a piece elsewhere on the field. And he's a righty, so we don't need any more big right-handed batters. It's just not something we need anymore. So uh, he's my number three guy. I honestly think he has a really really good chance of being traded because he's a Rule Five guy. Uh, The Sox need him on the roster. They have to move him. I think they will move him. I think that's just what's going to happen. I think they'll get something not insanely good, but something, you know, that like maybe like a relief pitcher that, you know, has a lot of potential and the Sox could take a risk on him. My number two guy who I honestly think if I had to bet uh, for position player wise, I think that would be uh, be Jake Berger. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Jake Berger,
1: right? Yes, sir.
0: There you go. Right. So third base, first base guy, uh, came up had a flash, you know, a flash in the pan type of a uh, time in the in the in the Sox uh, MLB uh, roster this year. Had a home run. Had a couple of really good games. He made some decent made some decent plays over there as well with the glove at third base. So uh, he's he's been injured a lot as well. We just obviously with Moncada and Abreu and Vaughn and all and, and Sheets, there's no need for him. So yeah. I think uh, I think Burger gets moved. I think that the Sox could actually get something decent, not like, you know, and not like a like they could put him in a package with other guys. They're not going to get like a like an A, play superstar player for him by by no means, but they'll they'll get something that would be like okay, like will ra- they'll raise an eyebrow a little bit for him. So I think Jake Berger gets traded this offseason. I don't I don't see any reason why he should be on this team anymore. He's too good of a player to just be stuck in AAA and on the bench, in my opinion. I think he's that kind of talent. I think he gets moved. I would hate to see it because of you know the burger and the last name. That's pretty dope to have. <laughs> I would totally about that jersey, but um, Burger's def. I think burger is gonna get moved. Uh, I think Sox fans should probably you know prepare themselves for that. I know he's a he's a pretty big fan favorite in, in some circles. So um, that's just one of my thoughts. And then uh, number one, I don't think this is gonna be a surprise to anybody, but the most likely player to be traded is a relief pitcher on the major league roster by the name of Craig Kimbrell. Um, I don't see any chance of him staying on this team next year. I think he gets traded and I don't know what this return is going to be. It could be like we mentioned last week, a Cody Ballinger type deal because he had such a terrible year. Um, and it could, could be like a, Hey, we'll give you our player who had a terrible year for your player. And then maybe the socks for like an Adam angle or something in there. But, I just, uh, Kimbrel's just not going to be on this team. You're not going to pay two guys, you know, near $20 million for, you know, for your bullpen. I mean, you're, that's just 40 like damn near $40 million right there for two guys in your pen. Um, that's just, that's just not going to happen, especially on the white Sox. So Kimbrell will get traded and we'll see where, uh, we'll see what, what, uh, the Sox get back for him. So, uh, I'm, I'm looking for a lot of interesting trades this offseason, Ryan. right? I think, uh, I think we're going to have, uh, some interesting deals made here.
1: Yeah, uh, I just got a few thoughts on that. Um, number one, like Craig Kimbrell is definitely, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. He's 100% being traded. Um, just, I don't know what that package will look like. And I think that if he does, or when he does get traded, I think it's going to be really, really late in the offseason. It might even be close up until spring training. Because I think Han's going to kind of see what he's got on the table. Obviously take the best offer—the offer that's on the table. But who knows? That might not be until spring training comes around. When who knows? If a team's top reliever goes down with injury, and a, and a contending team's desperate for that type of lockdown closer, or um, or something else along those lines, you know. So I don't think it. I don't think it's going to happen soon in the offseason. I think it's going to be something that happens really late. A because I think Han will be very, very interested in what teams have to offer for him, and he's going to try to maximize the return. Right. I think yeah. I think honestly, I think uh, I think they could really push
0: the whole like he wasn't in his element type thing because he was a setup guy. I think they could really push that onto teams. Like I like I mentioned, like I feel like they could package him as well with like somebody else to to get something like you know close to what they gave up for him back. Um, like I could see like Adam Angle and Kimbrel like in a package deal for something because Angle like if he's healthy, he's a good player, and you know if you're gonna go out and – get it, super utility guy, you know, you could, you don't, you don't really have a need for angle as much. Um, he'll be making like three, $4 million next year based on his arbitration projections and stuff. So um, like I wouldn't trade him by any means, but that could be something you look into, right. To get Kimbrough off the roster and, and, and free up some space to make other moves. So uh, I don't know, man, this is going to be an interesting off season. There's a lot of chirps out there that, you know, the socks are going to make some crazy trades that are going to piss off some fans. The, and I, that happens, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that would, I mean, it's always fun to have those kind of trades, but man, oh man, I hope it's not something that will set this franchise back once again because that's the last thing we need right now. is the window's opening here,
1: right? Yeah, no, and that's all I was gonna say. Also about all the uh, the prospects that you kind of mentioned. Like, I of, I often make comparisons to the Cubs when they're in their window. Like the Sox, time to win is right now. So there's no there's no need to hold on to two prospects that you think might turn out one day to be to be really good, right? Because if you're in win-now mode, just like the Cubs did with Eloy and with Glyber Torres and, and all those players, like they shipped off their farm. They shipped off their farm to win right now, and it panned out, right? They won a World Series. So the Sox should be in the same boat right now. Like You have your core. You have all your positions. Like You've got studs at every single position in the field. So go ahead and trade those pieces that are still in the farm system that could yield you back a big return to help you win right now.
0: I 100% agree. And I think uh, that was obviously evident that <clears throat> we're a little outmatched by the Astros, right? They had, a, they had a stud at every spot. Even Maldonado, who wasn't a good hitter, had, had his purpose, right? He was throwing guys out. So, I mean, you look at a team like the Astros and you look at a team like the Sox, we have holes. We need to have, you know, a stud. You have to have a stud hitter in the American League, one through seven at the very least. And our studs did not, you know, put through and come through. Um, and then, you know, even so, we had our guys who were hitting – anybody seven through eight was literally just an out besides Gavin Sheets the one game. So that that's – that bottom of the order has got to be, you know, looked at for sure. Um, and hopefully Han puts some good quality, you know, players in those and that second base and right field hole that's uh that's the biggest hole for me there in my opinion so
1: yeah and I mean the whole Kimbrell thing like it sucks like it sucks that it didn't pan out with him because like if you if you have if you have Kimbrell that the way that he was throwing with the Cubs and then if you have Hendricks at the back of your bullpen like that should just be if you have a lead going into the eighth inning, it should just be lights out, games over. Sox it just win. Wasn't it just, it? just was it for whatever reason. So if the Sox can find a way to get him right, and just like you guys have money, you guys can you guys can pay him eighteen million dollars. I don't know what your payroll's at, like one fifty something like that. That's really not a lot. Like it's that's not, not a ton. It's not, but it is for like the Sox standard. Like
0: Jerry Reinsdorf. <clears throat> I mean, God, hoping right. What if Jerry's just, you know, what if something comes out and there's, like, a report from Bob Nightingale of all people who he's wrong about everything else except for White Sox stuff. Like, he'll get every White Sox. He got the Tony LaRouche's thing right. He got everything else right about the stocks. Comes out and says, Jerry's planning on pushing the luxury tax, 200-something million dollars, which will never, ever happen. Like, that would be the best news because then you can sign two really talented players from the remaining, you know, the remaining money you have left over, that's just not going to happen. You know, I think they're going to stay around 150, 160. And I think in order to do that, and in order to fill their holes, Kimbrell's going to have to go. And that's just sucked. But we'll see, man. I don't know. I'm not part of the front office. I'm just going off of, you know, the history of the team and what what they've shown me in terms of, like, spending habits
1: and stuff. So, yeah. I mean, it is a shame because, like – the, the reports just came out, like, the most valuable NBA franchises, which Jerry Reinsdorf, obviously, as everybody knows, also owns the Bulls, and they're worth, like, over $4 billion. So, I, I don't understand why Jerry is so cheap with his money, especially when it comes to the White Sox. Like, I just don't... He owns two huge franchises, and year after year, he's just not willing to spend a whole lot of money, and... I mean, I, I really don't get it, especially when he's got one franchise that's <laughs> worth over $4 billion. And the Sox are cheap
0: either. They're, over, they're worth over two something, a billion, I believe, or pushing. So it's not like he doesn't have the money, and it's not like his kids and grandkids aren't going to be well off, for crying out loud. Spend the money, man. You're 85 something odd years old. You're pushing it a little bit. <clears throat> Spend some money now before your time comes, and then get yourself another ring. That's all I got to say. That's how I would – I mean, if I was that in that position, that's how I'd be feeling about it. But who knows? Maybe he is. Maybe that's where he's at. Maybe that's why, you know, he brought Tony in to make it easier for him to spend. Who knows? I mean, it remains to be seen. Um, so uh, hopefully we'll be we'll be uh, interested to see where the Sox go with their uh, moves this year. Definitely will be some trades. Definitely will be some signings. We'll see wha- what impact those uh, trades and signings have yeah but uh obviously we have a, a few other sports teams obviously the bulls doing well tonight four and0 starts the year very nice um but uh we have another team as well that uh is uh it's not doing too well huh? it's uh i don't know i don't really know what to, to say to you Ryan. and i think the bears are the bears are kind of they're dead man they're the bears are dead right now i don't know
1: yeah the bears are dead and uh <clears throat> obviously this weekend they lost 38 to three. To the uh, hey, I will say to the defending champs, <clears throat> the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay, in Tampa, in Tampa Bay. Bay. Um, so like I'll try to do my best to intelligently quickly recap this game without just saying they suck because I mean that pretty much easily just sums it up. But going into the game, like defense obviously is their strong suit, every game they win is most likely because the defense played really good. And going into this game, they were down Akeem Hicks and they were down Robert Quinn. Mm. One of their two best defensive players. So going into the game, if they were going to win it, it was going to be somehow through the defense making plays, getting turnovers, etc. When those two guys, were, two guys were out, it became that much harder to somehow create a, a path for a win. Because the offense, you know the offense just isn't going to do it. And that's exactly what happened. Those two guys were out when you're two... Your, your best run stopper and one of your best pass rushers. And I don't think it really would have mattered all that much just because the way Tom Brady plays and he gets the ball out within like two seconds. So it's really not that much of a pass rush, like altering the game and the Buccaneers offensive line is like one of the best in the leagues. So really like going into this game, man, like we all knew, we all knew it was going to happen, but a 35 point blowout, like I didn't expect that. I really did not expect that. I didn't expect them to play that poorly. And once again, the offense, man, like they just didn't, for whatever reason, they're just not clicking. And like Justin Fields, man, week after week, like I don't see much progression from him. Uh, I think Boomer Esiason said on CBS, like he, the, the kid doesn't know how to read a blitz. He can't read a blitz, doesn't know when it's coming. And that was pretty evident. Like Todd Bowles, the the Buccaneers defensive coordinator, I think he blitzes more than any it was it was awful, man. The offensive line is terrible. Justin Fields didn't do a good job of reading the blitz pre-snap, and they couldn't do anything. They couldn't get anything going offensively. I mean, they scored three points all game long. So, it's it, Mario. You can probably agree with me. It's tough to win when you score three points.
0: <laughs> I think
1: uh, I would definitely agree with you, man. I
0: think uh, to be fair, right? They're, they played the they played the box in Tampa. Bucks don't have the best defense, but they're certainly. I mean, I mean, they're very good defense. They're Yeah, I mean, they're certainly – I mean, they won the Super Bowl last year. I They shut down Mahomes last year in the ball, and that's, like, when they kind of – for me, that's when I feel like the national audience really, like, was able to to look at them and be like, okay, they're actually, you know, they're actually better than what we thought. I, I actually – last year, I mean, a lot of people don't know this. I bet on the Bucs to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the playoffs. You know, it was a big payout. I figured, you know what, this team is very underrated. They were the underdog against the Saints and the Packers. And then I had them and the other dogs in the bowl too. So, I mean that 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 right there is is I feel like the the Bucks are finally getting the respect they deserve, and they're a really good team, man. They are a really good team, but getting blown out thirty five points that's just that's tough, man. That is uh that's tough. But uh, they got the Niners this week, so yeah, we'll see what happens. The Niners a yeah. bit bad too. They had the terrible terrible game that I watched and sat through and almost. Broke my cellular device watching. It was terrible. Uh, so many turnovers. Uh, man, I couldn't I couldn't with it last night. I mean, the, the Niners defense will, will give you some yards on penalties. I will say that. So that's probably the one hope I, I think the Bears have to, to score a touchdown this week um, because they didn't yesterday. So we'll see if they can get a couple this week. I'm sure they will, especially at Soldier Field. Uh, Garoppolo looked okay. Uh, the the running backs are Elijah Mitchell was great. I think that's going to be a tough guy for the Bears to stop. But if they're fully healthy, I think that's uh, you know they'll be able to stuff them a little bit. Um, and the Niners' secondary isn't very good, man. It's not. It's pretty bad. Ever like last year, the last guys with Barrett and Sherman and a few others, they're not there anymore. So I think the Bears have a good chance of scoring a few touchdowns. I think they could honestly four more points than they scored all year in a game uh, this Sunday. So we'll see. I, I think they have a good chance of doing that because the Niners defense is just kind of in shambles, you know, in terms of their secondary. So hopefully Justin Fields can figure something
1: out on the air this week. Yeah, hopefully. And I'm kind of surprised. Like I'm looking at the odds. The Bears are, they're a three point underdogs at home against the uh, the struggling 49ers, which is kind of a surprise to me, to be honest. Like I, I kind of thought the Bears would get some home love here and, and maybe, I don't know, be a two-and-a-half-point favorite versus a three-point underdog. So, I mean, I don't know. That line kind of surprises me a little bit. Especially considering how the Niners looked at home yesterday. Uh, yeah.
0: The thing is, too, like, obviously you could take in, like, nature and all that stuff. The rain was terrible. But the, the Colts played in that, too. They did. You know? It's not like it, it was the same way for both teams. Um, it's the I don't think the weather's all that bad, and I don't think the Niners are going to have that many turnovers. Uh, and the penalties, obviously – with the weather that that kind of played into it too but the niners are definitely a, have been very sloppy on defense so i don't know about the bears as much because i haven't been seeing as much i know you obviously know me more I, I watch as much niners football as i can too uh they're just a sloppy team right now they are their offense is is they're gonna beat you on the running game and if the bears can stop that i think they're gonna get the win so
1: yeah i think akeem hicks and robert quinn being back if they're if they're back healthy that'll be huge um but yeah like you alluded to like the Colts played in the same weather, and they, they put up 30 points. Like, Wentz said two touchdowns. Taylor ran for a touchdown. Um, Like, yeah, I mean, they played in the same weather, too, and two watching that game. I didn't watch the whole thing. I watched a little bit of it. But what an awful game to go to.
0: Like, oh, that weather was it, just horrible.
1: Miserable. The fans look so miserable. I like, like, I was thinking, like, if I had tickets to that game, that would be one of the games I would think about just, like, nope. I am not going and sitting through yeah. this. Like, it was pouring rain.
0: Terrible. And, like,
1: windy as hell the whole game.
0: I'm surprised, man. I'm surprised that the Colts actually threw for a few touchdowns. I mean, there was the one pass, too, that, that Jimmy G threw to Debo Samuel. I was like – and for the touchdown, like, it was a three-play drive, 75 yards. Like, I was I was stunned that he could get it, like, precisely between two uh, corners in the in the backfield. Like, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how did he get that there? It's just, it just—it was just one of those weird nights, man. It was a weird night. Uh, the Niners are definitely struggling, though. I think, I think uh, as a Bears fan, I think I'd be looking forward to this Sunday. Uh, it's a big test for them, I feel like, in terms of like, hey, if, let's see if we could beat like a mediocre to good team, uh, because obviously they're not doing much this year. The Niners don't look like they're doing much this year either, with the Rams and Cardinals in their division. So we will see.
1: Yeah, no, we'll see. And did uh, you see Matt Nagy's got COVID? He's got covid so I would buy on that line right now, right?
0: Yes. Buy the bears uh plus 3, I think that's a, I think that's a safe bet. Um and uh go from there, right? Jimmy G coming home playing in front of his hometown, home crowd, so we'll we'll see how that goes.
1: Yes, sir. That it'll be a good game, especially me being a Bears fan, you being a Niners fan. Hopefully we can uh link up and watch the game together. It'll be it'll be a good time. You don't want to watch
0: that game with me, man. That's not going to be a fun experience. I'm just you know, I'm I'm pumped, man. I'm definitely down to do that. It's going to be it's gonna be fun, man. It's gonna be fun. I love it when the when the Niners play the Bears. I love it. I lo- I just, it's gonna be great. I, yeah. I love it, man. I love the, the the rivalry kind of thing with with people I know who are Bears fans. So.
1: Yep, I agree.
0: Well, that being said, go Niners. Uh, bet the line. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's jump into our beef of the weeks and let's go, bad boy out.
1: All right, beef for the week. Go, go ahead, Ryan. All right, so my beef for the week is whoever keeps putting the Bears in primetime marquee games stop doing it <laughs> stop doing it to the country stop doing it <laughs> to the 90% of the country that doesn't give a shit and does not want to watch the Bears get blown out oh, man. and score three points well they, played,
0: they play on America's Game of the Week this week Ray. is that what happened? yeah
1: they had the 325 game <laughs> slot on CBS I oh. think like 90% of the country it was televised in Oh Quit boy. doing that to people. <laughs> Stop it. Stop putting them on Sunday Night Football. Don't put them on the marquee game at 325. Nobody wants to watch that. Like, the 325 game with Tony Romo calling it CBS and then Aikman and, and Joe Buck on Fox, like, those are great games to watch on Sunday afternoon.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The country loves it. I agree. Does the country love watching a 38-3 to game?
0: Not a chance. No.
1: At every primetime game, they just get blown out. So, if Bears fans want to watch it, yes, put them in the 12 o'clock slot. Make, I don't know, 20% of the country have to view that game. Quit putting them in these games, these marquee games, where 90% of the country has to watch it. Because Bears fans, if you, like, we do it to ourselves. Don't make poor people do it. Quit putting them in these primetime games. That's my (laughs) beat for the week for whoever keeps doing this. It's yeah. not because it's embarrassing, it's because I don't want other people to have to go through it. To go through and just watch an awful game on your Sunday on your Sunday afternoon. Well, that's so to... that's my beef for the week.
0: We're going to have to tag the NFL on that so they get the so they get the memo because I agree, man. I agree 100%. Yes, it's it's
1: it's it's just brutal. Quit putting them on Sunday night football and don't ever put them again on the on America's game of the week.
0: All righty. Good my beef be- for the week. I respect the beef. I respect it. Um, this week, my beef will uh, will be on the uh, the chatterings of the CBA and the baseball lockout and all this other stuff. Right, the collective bar, the collective bargaining agreement. Uh, so, there, and this is a quote from you know multiple articles, and I'm not even going to quote any of them because everyone's saying the same thing. Stoppage almost certain. So. Might be for the week with the players union and the MLB. Figure it out. You guys are all rich. Make make a deal about something. You know, compromise, middle ground, hash it out, end it. All right. The stocks are finally good. I don't want you guys to do this stupid strike thing right in the window. Like, obviously that would happen, right? Obviously that would happen right now. So MLB, players union, Middle ground it, compromise, get a deal done. Through all this lockout crap, like there's no need for it. The business is great, very profitable. Baseball is a very profitable business. Okay, I believe they profited ten billion dollars for COVID. So it's not like they're not making money. You know, it's just, you guys, it's just just come up with something, man. It, it angers me. You guys cannot come up But the MLB and the players cannot. Um, to a, a deal with, with with something right like just compromise give give a little bit on each side call it a day right I mean it's just it's it's that simple but it, it's there's just it's just not to them so it just angers me man I always think about it at work today piss me off like just <sighs> get it done Be for the week
1: get yeah. it yeah yeah you said it best just figure it out like figure it out you're worth billions you you make billions of dollars. Figured out. I, I was yep. reading an article earlier when you sent that that text about the CBA. They it said it's almost certain that there'll be a lockout and that the uh, the winter meetings will be canceled. And that's some of the greatest things that in the baseball offseason that you oh, that you've goodness. got. You know, the winter meetings, 100%. all the GMs get together, and that's going to be canceled because you guys can't figure figure things out between each other. Like you've had, I'm sure they've been negotiating for probably well over a year now. Like, this is your job. Your job is to sit down and figure this out, get it done, so that the baseball fan doesn't have to suffer from it. The baseball fan that literally we give our money to your product. 100%. We we pay the tickets. We uh, pay the cable fee to watch the games. 100%.
0: Amen to that, man. Unbelievable. Like and Like you said, man, the winter meetings, right? Like, that's when GMs, they go to the bar, they get drunk, and they do stupid-ass trades and, like, Things happen, right? Things happen. Things get done th- and those kinds of things. Those are exciting times in the offseason. We might not have that because of this BS. So, it's just, it's one of those things, man, where if there is a lockout and you, we're, we're, we're talking next spring training and there's a free agent, you know, freeze and signings and stuff and all these guys are still on the market and, like, that, that's just not going to be good for anybody. Yeah. Like there,
1: there are some things that the MLB has to figure out, like the service time manipulation. Like you got to figure that out. The, um, um, oh shoot. I, I just missed my other point. What was the other thing? Oh, the, like team's tanking on purpose. You, you want to f- find a way to figure that out. I agree. But it comes back to the three words I just said, figure it out. This is your job. The head of the player's rep, this is your job. The head of the person that negotiates for the MLB, this is your job. It shouldn't lead to a lockout. It should not lead to a lockout. Both sides should be able to some way, somehow, come to an agreement to fix the minor things that are wrong with baseball. Like you said, baseball has never been more profitable than it is right now. Mm -hmm. The, The game is trending up more than it's trending down. So those little, little, little things that you've got to tweak out it shouldn't lead to MLB lockout, which ultimately hurts the fans the most. Like players are making more money now than they ever have. Like you see these three hundred plus million dollar contracts.
0: Exactly, man. Like across the board, man. Baseball players make a ton of money. The average contract for a baseball player. I mean, I mean, what is like a what is a basketball player? Like obviously, like the superstars they make a ton of money, right? But what is like a like a like a sixth man? You know, make or somebody who's just a bench guy make, right? They probably don't make, like, nearly as much as a guy who's playing, you know, backup catcher, like Maldonado, right? The Maldonado types of the world. They're making easy, like, $8, $10 million a year because there's no salary caps. They can pay them whatever they want. It's just, like, the players union you guys are making, they're, they're making a play, I'm assuming, for um, cutting down manipulation, as you mentioned, right? That's probably a big thing for them. They want, like, okay, free agency in four years instead of six or seven, right? I think that's that's, like, that might be a little bit too much of a push for me in terms of like a baseball, right? Cause you know, players in baseball have longer 10 years and longer careers usually. So it just, it, I think that might be a little bit too early, but I think like you could push for like a fifth year, of course. Like that's what I'm saying. Find like the middle ground, find the compromise, like for God's sake, it's there. Just, it, it, I think it's just a matter of like, Hey, we got to stand up for ourselves and we, they, on the other side, vice versa. And I think it's just like a pride thing. And that just kind of pisses me off too. So,
1: yeah, I mean, like across the board out of the, the four major sports in, in America, like MLB players on average definitely are the highest paid. Um, I mean, there are some like NBA superstars and NFL superstars that are making a ton of money. Yeah, of course. But like a good point, like Jack Peterson, he's having a great postseason right now, but throughout the, the regular season, he's just a very average player and he makes like $10 million a year. Now, if you look on the flip side to the NFL, where guys put their body on the line every single week, like ten million dollars is a lot of money, 100%. especially to an average player. Like no player on the no average player on the Bears is making ten million dollars, guaranteed money. And dude, that's another thing about the MLB; it's all guaranteed money. Yes, it's one hundred percent guaranteed. In the NFL, you might have a player that makes ten million dollars, but if you look at his contract, it'll be like three million of it is actually guaranteed. The rest of it, you have to play 16 games. You have to do this. You have to do that. And MLB, no, Jack Peterson, he could get, he could get DFA'd, but that money is going to him. 100... He's getting his, he's getting his 10 million dollars, no matter what.
0: Exactly. That's the thing. Like, what, what is that's my thing. Like, I, I'll look into that for next week's podcast because it's really bothering me. What is the actual holdup besides like manipulation of time? Um, and I mean, what is, what is it? Because I feel like the players are making enough. I think it's just they want more of, of the profit, right, because baseball is making a ton of money. But even at that point, is that really worth a lockout? I mean, they're making a lot. I, I Honestly, I don't know what the biggest issue holding them back is right now, and I think that that's something that I'm going to look into for next week. I, it's just really – it's it's just ridiculous to me, man. They're all millionaires. They're all going to make a lot of money. The owners are making a lot of money. Just quit your whining, man, and just play, man. That's just my thing. But the same point, right, you feel like you need to make more it's your right. Go, Phil, go, you know, go on strike if you have to, I suppose. Right. I mean, it is what it is, but. uh, Yeah.
1: Like I, I mean, I'd have to educate myself a whole lot more in this situation because I'm sure there is a lot of like super complex things that are going into it, but like ultimately without being super 100% educated on it, like, I think it's just greed, man. I think (laughs) I, I seriously both sides will be super, super greedy. Both sides want to make and maximize as much money as they can. And, yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Like, the number one thing for me is I think the service, the service time manipulation is a little messed up, what they can do to guys, and the fact yeah. that a guy won't hit free agency until his seventh year. Like, depending on when he breaks the major leagues, like, that could be his year 30 season.
0: I think that I agree with that, man. I think uh, you could push, for, like I said, I think like five, four or five years. You're probably looking at four or five years, like, you have to be on this team. You hit arbitration maybe after the second year. And then, you know, teams pay you for your performance, right? And then you guys can agree upon a number. You know, the whole process, right? I think six, seven years uh, and then, like, time accumulated kind of stuff. Like, I I just feel like that's just – it's after you've been with the team on the major league roster for four or five years, you hit the market. I think
1: that's just me, so. Yeah, but then, like, on the flip side, playing devil's advocate, like, you do see how, like, franchises will never be in favor of that. Oh, what Like, the organizations will never, ever be in favor of a dude hitting free agency after his fourth year.
0: Yeah, because if you think about it, right, like, if – who did the Cubs have in the – imagine if Rizzo, right? You brought Rizzo up in 12 or 13, right, whatever it was. The window technically didn't open until 2015. So, say you only get him for four or five years. You're only going to have Rizzo under, you know, decent money for two years of that. And then you got to pay him whatever he wants in the prime of his career and that just puts you in other, you know, financial, you know issues there in terms of creating your roster. So I can see every single avenue of of course I can. It's just I just they just gotta figure it out. They gotta yep. take-
1: Yeah. And uh yeah Rizzo signed a super, super super friendly team team uh, team friendly contract early. But like like Riz or uh Bryant for example, like he came into the fifteen. He would have been a free agent two years ago. Yeah. If yep. that was the case,
0: that would have been 2019. So, I mean,
1: which would have been great for him. He would have made 200 plus million dollars two years ago. <laughs> Easy. And now this year, he'll be fighting for 200, I think. Yeah. So, and his age, like 30 season, I want to say he's 30. Yeah. So, so, I mean, yeah. I mean, as a player's viewpoint, I see how that is, how they'd be super pissed about that. And from a team's deal or uh, from an organizational standpoint, how, how they don't want, they don't want guys in free agency in four years. So, like it is complex. It is really complex, but the three words we keep going back to, figure it out. Figure it out. Like at our job on a daily basis that we go to. Like we figure our stuff out. We figure it out. They just get to do the same thing with their jobs.
0: One hundred percent. And we'll be figuring it out, damn it. That's yep. all. End of end of discussion. Uh, you got anything else before we close this one out? Uh, no, no, man. I think I'm good. That was good. All right, man that was a good conversation but on, uh, on all ends there primetime games and lockout figure it out both of you all of you
1: yes nobody wants to see a lockout if anything it turns fans away just oh, at the time when you've got all the fans attention and captivation right now don't turn fans away be terrible for the product
0: It'd be absolutely terrible
1: uh, all right
0: with that being said 48 and a half minutes in Ryan it was good talking to you man yeah um, We'll have a uh, post uh, – I suppose we'll have a podcast next week on Sunday after the
1: game. How about it? Yeah, let's do it. After the game Sunday, be on the lookout for the next episode yeah. next week.
0: Well, for sure. Post-game victory for the Niners, hopefully. So, we'll <laughs> see. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Twelve Six podcast. See you next week.